I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 137 of the CantoBite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. Hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How's your week been? Um, you know, it was interesting. Not gonna lie, it was a bit of a struggle. This is the first week uh, since New York closed down. And it seemed pretty long and working from home is quite an adjustment and I don't like it and I'm ready to not be quarantined anymore, but that's not an option. Oh, I'm sorry. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. I, I have like a routine down. Um, the only thing is, is that I, my sleep schedule is kind of whack right now, but yeah, everything's good. I did fall off the treadmill the other day, but I'm doing good. How did you manage that? Well, I was walking one night, and I was watching a movie, and I grabbed some water, and as I was drinking my water, I was like, God, wouldn't it be funny if I fell right now? And just, like, literally in slow motion, just, like, my foot goes to, like, the edge, And then I'm, like, grasping on for dear life. And then I just let go and I just spring backwards. And I got up. Okay, so you didn't hurt yourself too badly? No, I mean, I have, like, a golf ball-sized bruise on my upper thigh. but And a big bump on my knee. But I don't know. I still had two miles to go to walk. So I continued walking and then I just got off. But I'm good. No pain, no game. But yeah, I don't recommend falling off your treadmill, especially if you have like a lot of things in your garage, because you're going to be like a wrecking ball and like destroy them. That was me. I was the wrecking ball that destroyed some boxes and um, (laughs) there was a mat in there that I pushed backwards. I'm surprised no one heard it because like my mom went in the garage like about like 10 minutes later. I told her, I'm like, I don't want to worry you or anything, but I just fell off the treadmill. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you okay? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's been my week. I don't know. It's been a good week. I've 
I've gotten used to this uh, quarantine life. It's really easy. You know, I, I just eat sandwiches and hang out with uh, my dog. My dog isn't uh, doing really well. He's getting a little old and moving a little slower. So I'm happy that we're all able to spend more time with him as a family before um, anything else happens. So that's been kind of rough. But other than that. Yeah, that's always hard. It is like, especially like, cause we've, we had another dog when we were kids and when she died, like we didn't really get it. And now, cause we've, we've been with Cooper for 11 years. Like we got him when I was about to be a freshman in high school. So he's been part of our lives for so long and we've done so much with him and he just has such like a big personality. So it really sucks like seeing, you know, his personality, you know, go to, you know, him sleeping all day or him refusing to eat his favorite food, chicken nuggets, you know, it just, it, it sucks, but you know, I'm just, I'm glad that we're all here with them 24 hours a day and, you know, my dad's going on the grill and making him cheeseburgers. So He's at least eating those. Oh, yeah. So that's good. Um, We have an isolation-related question from our friend Jessie. And she asked me, Emily, since we all just live inside now has your stance on pajamas slash sweats changed at all i wondered several times this week if you're still fully getting ready for the day or if you're set finally said to fuck it like the rest of us yes (laughs) i'm weird and just sit around and wonder what other people are wearing personally i've only worn jeans once in three weeks just for the grocery store um i'm i'm getting dressed and shit because i feel like for me that's better for my mental health especially during the week when I'm, you know, working from home, it's and it's like it's not like I'm putting on makeup or anything. Like I'm, I pretty much li- live in in jeans and t-shirts. And for me, like I just find jeans the most comfortable pants to wear. I'm much more comfortable wearing jeans than than sweats. Like I like having a little bit more structure and having better pockets and stuff. Yeah, I'm more of like a workout leggings and like a sweater person because then you can like style them with boots or something because like I hate jeans. Like I think the last time I wore jeans was for my family beach photo shoot that got a lot of talk in the Star Wars community. But yeah, I just I I don't even really wear makeup much. I think the last time I wore makeup was on Monday for the whole thing I had to do but yeah it's been nice like I haven't like had to blow dry my hair like it's a shower every day because I'm on the treadmill every day so it just it's been like so nice like I think my skin's just like breaking out a little bit though because I'm like sweating so much when I'm working out but other than that like I just comfortable all the time like I'm in pajamas right now I assume you're not in pajamas right now right no, I'm in jeans and t-shirt and a cardigan. I mean, I'm not wearing a bra, but everything else, I'm dressed. 
Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel good if I spend all day in pajamas or sweats. Yeah. I'm kind of like that too, where it's like, if I've done nothing all day, like I feel guilty. I think that's why, like, I kind of had to put myself in like a routine, like wake up at this time, take a nap at this time, do this at this time, eat dinner, go back and work out, you know, finish working out, shower, play board games with the family, watch a movie, go to bed. Like I have to put myself in that routine or else I'm going to sit here and be like, wow, I've done absolutely nothing today but play Animal Crossing. I am lousy, but no, I just got to put myself in the routine. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it's one thing, like, if it's just, like, a random weekend sometime and I'm feeling really lazy, like, and I spend all day in pajamas, like, even that's, like, unusual for me, but fine, whatever. But because this is sort of a situation where we we don't know how long we're here, I, I need to have some sort of, like, delineation between night and day and getting dressed helps me with that. Yeah, there we go. A little bit of normalcy and the non-normal times. Yeah. Have you been watching any new movies or TV shows or anything? Um, I've been watching a shit ton of Melrose Place. Which I never watched before because I was never... I had a period where I would do daytime soaps. Like, I really got into Days of Our Lives and General Hospital and all my children for a while in um, in college. But, like, those, like, Melrose Place or Beverly Hills 90210 or, like, Dynasty or any of that shit, I never watched any of. But... Uh, a podcast that I mentioned on here before, We Hate Movies, is doing, because they're all New York based, so they're all, you know, stuck inside too. And they're doing recaps of Beverly Hills 90210 and Mauro's Place, because they sort of, like, one of the hosts is really into Beverly Hills 90210, and the other host is really into Mauro's Place. And I can't with 90210, because I think the high school thing just sort of makes me tired. But Mauro's Place is all on Hulu, and it's really easy to watch. It's terrible, and I hate most of the characters, but it's on, and I don't have to think about it. That's good, yeah. I've never really been into kind of soap opery shows i did watch a lot of like the like teenage dramas though growing up like there were some on like abc family that i watched um i was really into laguna beach and the hills for a little bit but like the hills was kind of like weirdly half scripted half reality type of thing you know all these rich people living in la and yeah i mean that's just another kind of soap opera yeah. I just prefer I prefer my soap operas have things like evil twins or demonic possession or shit like that. Yeah, that works. I'm glad that you're having fun with that. I, I don't know if I'd call it fun. I sort of just sit there and it washes over me and occasionally I get like really annoyed at how stupid some of the characters are or when you have 
like your male lead who the female actors are fighting over who is not only a terrible actor but like the most dull and not even particularly attractive dude being like i don't understand this plot at all these women are both gorgeous and this guy is such a fucking schlub but I find, like, first of all, the first season of Mountain's Place is something like 32 episodes long or something insane like that. You've already gotten through it? Yeah, most of it. I think I have, like, two left. But, I've, I've, like, I haven't watched, like, all of every episode. Like, there's been some stuff that I've just skipped because I'm like, well, I have no interest in this character whatsoever. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you got through the Clone Wars, you can get through this. Yeah. But I did, like, you know, I finally got to the, like... Partway through this first season is when Heather Lockler comes in, and then it's much more fun, because she's she's much more, like, aggressively bitchy than the rest of the cast, and that sort of signals a change of the show going more soap opera-y, which is what I wanted. Oh. Okay, that's good. Like, more more drama and fighting, and less boring people. But occasionally you'll get like the like the message episode. Like they did one where one of the characters who's a cab driver gets gets robbed in a bad part of town and then it turns into this like suddenly we're talking about racism and I'm like, oh Maro's play should not be talking about racism. Maro's play should not be talking about the LA riots. And then I just watched one where uh, Jake, who's like the big, you know, like heartthrob ladies man on the show, has an ex-girlfriend come back to tell him that she is HIV positive, so he has to get tested. And then it's like you, I mean, it definitely grounds the show in, oh, this is a 90s show, but it is very awkwardly handled. And on one hand, you go, hey, it's sort of cool that they're trying to do this, you know, oh, everyone should get tested. And they're very, very careful to be like, you know, a positive test isn't a death sentence. And and here are all these, you know, these things that people do to, to and medications you can take to make your, your life longer and, and more comfortable. But it's such like watching a PSA suddenly in your weird sexy primetime soap opera that it's laughable oh my god that reminds me of the little soap opera that i used to watch that they basically had like a psa about masturbation one episode what (laughs) where like one of the main characters is like, yeah, we should try it. We should have our own me time. And it was just the most awkward episode ever. And then this one chick's boyfriend was like, I don't really get to spend enough time with you anymore because of this. And then I forget how it was resolved, but it was just basically like one PSA episode about masturbation. And then like, their slogan for it was just like just say me and it was so weird
I know that's mostly what I've been watching. And today I watched, well, I'm partially through the director's commentary on Knives Out. Oh. How's that? It's good. It's it's Ryan and I think like I think it's the director of photography. It might be the cinematographer, I don't remember, and then one of the actors. And oh, okay. it's pretty fun. I still need to watch that. It's so good. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of the movies I haven't seen lately, so I gotta add like that to you, my list. What have you been watching? Um, I watched the new Disney Plus movie Star Girl with Grace Vanderwall. I like that. That was cute. I watched Princess and the Frog for the first time. I really like that. And then I watched James Cameron's Avatar because I've never seen it before. And it's like a three-hour-long movie. So I'm like, sure, why not split this into... I think it took me like three days to finish it. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't anything special. Like, everything he did with the Navi was pretty pretty bitchin'. But the dialogue with, like, the human characters was just really shitty. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. It's just Ferngully. Yeah, but I, I really like the Navi. So that... But I mean, it's it's not anything special. It just it's a well, especially not movie. anything special if you're seeing it at home, since the whole like point of that movie was the 3D. Yeah, which it was pretty cool, but that doesn't add any points to the movie. You know, I, I like a movie with a good plot and something that resonates with me, and you know, that's just one of those things where I saw the movie and I'm like, okay, cool. But they should be working on some more right now. So I'm interested to see how they're going to continue the story. I mean, it doesn't help that your lead is Sam Worthington, who is like the biggest block of boring you can find. Oh, that's who that guy is? Yeah. What else has he been in? Um, I mean, oh, God, I forget. He's so fucking forgettable. And I mix him up with the other forgettable actor whose name I can never remember. Oh, Jai Courtney. Because they're both just big blocks of bland. Okay. Uh, he was in the uh, Call of Duty movies. He's in one of the uh, Terminator later ones. Salvation, I think. Hmm. Okay. And then he's in like Clash of the, Ti- the Clash of the Titans remake. And he's awful. that's unfortunate he's one of those dudes who was like Hollywood this happens occasionally like determined to make a guy like the next new thing and it just doesn't happen but they keep trying an audience keeps going no (laughs) yeah I thought he was he was perfectly fine in the movie like it's going to be interesting seeing him again in this next movie and seeing if, you know, he becomes any bigger because of it, but probably not because he hasn't really been in much since Avatar. I mean, he was in Hacksaw Ridge, which got some Oscar buzz, I think, for just Andrew Garfield, though, because he played the main character. But I feel like Andrew Garfield was kind of that, too. Like, he was in Spider-Man and they kind of tried to make him big, but he's just. He's fine. Andrew Garfield's fine. He's he's never I've never seen him in anything where I'm like, wow, he's great. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your Melrose Place uh, binge watching. I'm interested for you to watch the new Melrose Place because I think Ashley Simpson's in it for some reason. And I'm I'm curious to see if you get there how she is because I think I watched a couple episodes because I used to really like Ashley Simpson, but I don't remember much from it. But bad acting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to get through six seasons of Melrose Place. At some point, I'm going to lose my patience with it but yeah um we managed to get a little bit of star wars news and we got from makingstars.net that uh first off bill burr is coming back for season two i mean i assumed that we'd see him again at some point but i'm glad to have that confirmed for next season and also Michael Bean who is uh, Terminator and Aliens I think is going to be playing an unspecified role but word I've heard people but I mean you know word in Star Wars is often wrong but word is it might be like an old bounty hunter acquaintance of the mandos which i can i can see him playing like grizzled sort of dude i mostly know michael bean from tombstone where he is um people who've seen that movie he's johnny ringo who is like um one of Powers Booth, like little minion dudes, and he is the one. It's one of the best scenes in the movie uh, when he goes because he is confronting Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer, and the movie. And Johnny Ringo is the one who does all like the fancy gun spinning and shit to to show off in front of Doc Holliday. And then Doc stands up and takes up like a little metal shot glass with handles and does all the same spinning moves with it, acting like it's a gun. And it's an amazing scene. Hmm. Well, he was also in uncredited role in Greece. So that is technically where I know where he is from. <laughs> That's the thing he's in that you've seen, you mean? Yeah. I've seen Greece. I, I might have not recognized him, but he was in it. So I, I do I know him from Greece. Okay. I I don't think you can say you know him from Greece if you don't know who he is in it. And he's just like some background dude. I mean, he was a baseball player. There was only like a couple of baseball players in Greece. So, yeah, like I, I could, if we got all the baseball players, you know, to, if I could see all their faces, I could definitely recognize uh, Michaels. Okay. Because other than that, I have no idea what else he's from. I haven't watched any of his movies or TV shows. He was on an episode of Law and Order. I feel like every celebrity or just every person has been in an episode of like Law and Order or any of those crime shows. Yeah, they go through so many guest stars. There's so many of them too. There's like Criminal Minds. 
law and order and then there's like 17 law and orders like there's law and order like svu or there's law and order criminal intent law and order different cities i don't know there's just so many of them but i've I've never really watched them i think the only one i've ever watched was one that taylor swift starred in i've seen a lot of law and order i watched i watched i watched quite a bit of criminal intent because i really liked vincent d'onofrio Mm. Yeah, I have a coworker who like religiously watches uh one of the one of the crime. I think it's like uh criminal yeah, criminal minds um in the office at work. So it's like I walk in and I just hear, "You son of a bitch." And I'm like, "Um Hi, good morning." <laughs> I mean, considering some of the shit you've watched in the office. Yeah, but I don't watch it with people in there. I don't watch weird car porn with a person in the office. I make sure to turn off what I'm watching when someone walks in, which... Yeah. But I don't watch it full volume on the work computer. I I bring in my iPad and I watch it. (laughs) Okay. Because I'm semi a good person. Semi. Semi. Yeah, no, but um, he's a, he's a perfectly good actor. It's like, it's not like news that was super exciting for me, but like I said, I am excited about Bill Burr because I really liked that episode and I thought he was particularly good. Yeah, I'd love another episode like that. Like, just a bunch of bounty hunters getting together, doing something, and the Mandalorian escaping with Baby Yoda again. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like heist episodes a lot. I like heist movies. I like heist books. I like heist stuff. So, more of that, please. Yeah. Um, other than that, should we talk about the other Star Wars thing? Yeah. Hey, Emily. Yeah, Brittany. Did you watch Clone Wars? I did watch the Clone Wars. Um... I have some mixed feelings on this episode, so I'm interested to hear what you thought of it. Oh, thank God. Me too. I didn't like this one at all. I liked the premise of this episode, but then it requires every character to do the stupidest thing possible in order to drive the action. And that I find really annoying. Yeah, I it's a shame because it's like I really wanted to like these characters. Um, I really wanted to like Trace and her sister. And, you know, her sister being like, okay, Trace, like the someone bailed on me. Do you want to do this? And knowing that Trace has, you know, no experience, you know, flying a ship outside of, you know, 1313 or something. And then making all these mistakes and go, oops, sorry. And I just, it just felt like more Ezra and 
has shit to me. And it just it really bugged me because it's like we could have got these, you know, two great characters but it just it's like they're I feel like they're almost like dumbing them down a little bit and it just it sucks to see like this isn't a fun arc to watch this is like not very good you know I liked the first half of this episode um I I thought it was a really good looking episode the lighting's always like was really cool in the and the hangar when they're working on the ship and it's really Going to Kessel was neat, and seeing the nice part of Kessel before going to the spice mines was really cool. And I liked the dichotomy there, and I liked the bit of, you know, those aren't droids, those are slaves. But then it's just, like, everybody being these doing the stupidest thing possible and making the wrong decision at every turn for seemingly no reason. And that's it's irritating to watch because it's so obviously they decided like the conflict they wanted and then couldn't figure out how to get there without people just being stupid. And so when Trace just like dumps all the spice into space, her character is just instantly so unlikable because it's, it's so like unbelievably dumb that like what do you even do with that? How like the, can... the idea that somebody would would just d- dump spice that they owe to a bunch of gangsters is so st- it's just it's so unreasonably to think that they that she would like make that decision. It's just so dumb that someone could. Like, this is not a logical thought that someone could think, you know, because, of course, she was just sit- sitting there being like, nothing's happening to my ship. Nothing's happening to your ship. Wouldn't you think that dumping all that spice, something not only can happen to that ship, but something could happen to you for fucking doing that? Like, I just don't get the mentality. And thank God for Ahsoka. I feel like Ahsoka was like the saving grace from this episode because she was able to help them, you know, escape uh, Kessel. Well, yeah, but then her, like, not really, because then her decision is also so stupid and relies completely on having good luck, which is, okay, so she Jedi minds tricks the one dude and then apparently doesn't think at all what's going to happen after that. That these criminals might check the shit they just dropped off. That this gangster gang might actually you know not trust them so she mind tricks one guy and think that's going to be enough like that doesn't that doesn't track to me at all that makes the character seem really stupid and naive i just don't get the purpose of doing this to these three characters like i feel like that rafa and trace like could have you know they their relationship could have been like portrayed a different way because going into this episode you know hearing all the stuff that um rafa was saying that like rafa was basically just using her sister for her ship like and knowing that possibly something really dangerous could happen to her sister is like really reckless like i take sibling relationships really 
personal in, you know, Star Wars. So seeing the danger that her sister could be putting Trace in is just even like more fucked up. And it makes me not like both of these characters, you know, Rafa for being selfish and Trace for, you know, doing something so incredibly dumb that it just it's mind boggling. Like all of that spice, like doing that because now Ahsoka and Rafa both don't get what they want but also like you're all gonna die now because of this possibly like is that really a logical decision like it's just it's you know if the character were you know six years old fine but the idea that somebody who's old enough and you know who's been yeah I feel like her sister has probably sheltered her somewhat but you know she still has been raised in like at least you know tenuous situations with criminals and shit like that and a dangerous place to be raised and should have some semblance of street smarts or logic whatsoever and i'm like how am i supposed to care about a character who's that fucking stupid It's a fucking shame. That's what that is. Because it's like they've built up these episodes of the Clone Wars being like, yeah, you know, we're introducing these new characters, new arcs and everything. And just they're just all of mo like just it's just it's really disappointing waiting for so long for something and getting something as careless as this. Like, yeah, it was cool seeing Castle. It was cool seeing that scene where Anakin like felt Ahsoka's presence. Cool. Yeah, but this isn't good. And it sucks that it's not because that's we deserve good. We deserve something that it just doesn't feel like the Clone Wars. I mean, it feels like the Clone Wars to me. I never liked the show, but I, I found this particularly egregious. And if you wanted that conflict at the end... Where you know the the pikes are are going after them, you know you could you could you could do it in a way that doesn't make them be so stupid. You could have it be where you know they actually were you know fucked over on Kessel, and you know somebody somebody shorted their shipment or messed with their shipment, and now they're taking the blame for it or something like that. If you want like a violent space battle in your next episode but i don't know it felt i it's just it's bad writing to to make your characters act so completely illogically in order to drive your plot and childish like these are supposed to be adults especially Rafa and Trace who you know live in the underworld in 1313 like this the decision to dump that spice is something I would expect like Ahsoka to do like in like the first season because of how an experience of a Padawan she was or a Jedi like this is some Kaz level shit I mean, even from the beginning with, like, when she's getting into the, into the, um, the lane when they're, when they're flying off. And it's just like, to get out of this is a military lane. Like, she, that, like, Trace is immediately acting 
so stupid. And you're like, okay, I understand she's not the the experienced pilot she pretends to be and everything. And that's fine. But to have her have seemingly no recognition of that there's a problem when a military dude is telling you to get the fuck out of the lane or, you know, to show you your license or whatever, to seemingly not understand that that's actually a problem. I mean, I understand she's still, like, a young character, but she's not that young. Again, she's not six years old, who thinks, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm in a military lane and now a guy on a fucking warship is yelling at me. Yeah, I think overall my frustration is that this arc had some potential, and then I'm like, I'm really interested in this point in Ahsoka's life, and I think the setting is really cool, but they just, they really blew it in this last episode, I think. They really did, and I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen you know, the next couple episodes, but at the same time, like, I'm just done with these two characters. Like, it's a shame that, you know, I went from being, like, semi-interested in their story and now just seeing what they're doing, especially with this arc, I'm just, I'm totally not interested. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's going to have to take quite a big reversal to salvage this arc for me. Yeah, I don't know. I I just hope that we don't watch next episode and are as annoyed as we are now because this sucks. I mean, I was almost afraid to admit at first that like I really didn't like this episode, so I was really glad that we both agree on this. <laughs> I mean, I'm never afraid to say I dislike something, but this one this one just bugged me a lot. Yeah. And it's I, it's potentially something I should have really liked. I should have liked this sort of, you know, drug running for criminals with this idea that, you know, oh, it's for medicine and then we're going to go hang out with some gangsters. That's right up my alley, but I can't deal with characters acting this stupid. I, I can't either. And... I don't know like I just I I don't really get like the dynamic between uh the two sisters like you know I know that they're close they mentioned something in the last episode like how like their parents split and it's just them like I don't know like I just I feel like they either you know should be looking after each other more or just like Trace is just really, like, she's very sheltered. And I feel like, especially living in the underworld, like, I think that would be the last place where you should be sheltered. You know, you should be able to expect the unexpected. And for her, all of the reckless things that she did in this episode, just, it's, it's just, it's really weird to see. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. Because, especially because her sister is involved in various criminal activity. I mean, we we need, I think, then more 
of an explanation of her sister like keeping her out of this stuff because it doesn't seem like her sister has kept her out of it at all you know she had her working on those droids last time and hires her to fly the ship this time yeah sure it's after her other pilot you know drops out but it doesn't seem like she's made an effort to keep her sister to keep trace away from this at all so why is trace this naive it just doesn't make any sense. Like, she shouldn't be as naive as she is, you know, knowing that she's lived in the underworld for so long. And that, why would she trust her in this mission, knowing that she's never flown outside? Of, she's never fucking seen hyperspace before. Like, why would you want to put all of that, not only trust, but just... Like, is there literally not another pilot on this entire planet? Like somebody who's actually a pilot. I just don't like she's that she's putting her sister in danger. Like I think that's more fucked up than anything. Well, I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with that being fucked up. Like I'm fine with them having this character who is shitty. But I'm not fine with everyone acting stupid all the time. Yeah. And I, I almost classify that as, you know, because... Especially, like, we kind of got into the whole, you know, like, the blood is thicker than water because um, Trace's sister's name. I've said it, like, five times, but sorry, we've had technical difficulties, so my my brain's a little. But, you know, like, her talking to Ahsoka and being like, what's your, what's your motives here? Like, they're obviously something. Like, this episode is just frustrating. Also, what did she, what did Ahsoka tell them she was doing when she did the Jedi mind trick? I don't know. I think she, because they don't seem to question it at all. They don't, they don't question at all that just telling this gangster, give us the money and then you can look at the stuff later would work. Which is another, like, glaring, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's very odd. This whole episode is just very odd. Like, I just... This was a sloppy episode. Yeah. I think that's a good word for it. I think it's just... I mean, I know, and I hate it in fandom when, you know plot hole is used for anything people don't like but i really think that is a plot hole of wait what do they what do they think ahsoka's doing or why did they possibly think this would work if they don't know that that she has jedi abilities it just sucks knowing they could have done so much more with this episode or these arcs and i just feel like this was sloppily done and it's disappointing like i don't know it just sucks Um, do you have anything else more to say about this episode or do you want to move on to email? Yeah, let's just move on to email. Okay. All right. Let me pull it up. Okay, we have an email from Rabia. The title is Knock Knock Who's There, Ray, Ray Who. 
Hello, Canto Biters. I hope you guys are doing well. Do either of you watch anime? I've had like half a toe dipped in the oceans that are anime, but I'm going to talk to you about one specific show called One Punch Man. It's a parody of superheroes and follows Satima or Satyama, a man with super strength, speed, and stamina and durability. People in the show keep thinking that he must have some secret whatever, special bloodline, and experimental drug magic, but the truth of it is he just worked out a lot. He's not particularly rich, handsome, or even academically inclined, but he still defeats all the incredible foes he faces. And while I haven't finished this first season yet, it's actually hilarious and I'd recommend it. I bring this up because while I wouldn't have a problem with Ray Palpatine if I thought it had been set up better in the trilogy, I feel like Disney and Lucasfilm don't recognize the magic of having a character who comes from the humble origins be a hero who saves the universe. If you're only to watch A New Hope, Luke's father doesn't really matter that much. It's more that he happens to come from across 3PO and R2-D2. He happens to know Obi-Wan Kenobi, and when the time comes, he decides to act. That's what makes him a hero at the end of that film. No vague references about his dad. So, one day when I feel up to it, I'll write about my critiques of these new Star Wars films, the fandom, and the creatives involved. But for now, let's recognize the heroes that are not of any special line lineage or have prophecy written about them i put a few down below and hopefully together we can all compile a list to show the world that you can make a difference regardless of where you come from or what your last name is keep on podcasting rabia okay so she includes a list of nobodies um i'll read some of them i'll read all of them um satyama one man punch han solo from star wars obi-wan kenobi finn rose tico cassian hermione granger from harry potter peter parker spider-man miles morales also spider-man gwen stacy spider gwen billy batson shazam katniss everdeen the hunger games lilo and nani lilo and stish uh newt Scamander. Scamander, God bless. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Russell from Up. Yeah, I I mean, because we've talked about this before, and, and that is one of my big problems is I, I think, both that I think Ray Nobody is a better story and also the fact that obviously they didn't decide on Ray Palpatine until they made the third movie and there's no setup for it whatsoever. But yeah, I like nobody. I like nobody's stories too, and and ones where there aren't prophecies. Um, and I want to. One thing that always jumps to mind is is Buffy. Um, and the TV show, not the character, because I understand like Buffy the Vampire Slayer obviously like is a slayer, so she has you know for whatever reason like these these strengths and abilities. But none of the other characters on the show do. All the other characters like Xander and Willow and Giles and everybody fight because that's the right thing to do. And Willow eventually becomes a super powerful witch and everything. But in the beginning, she doesn't have, she doesn't have any powers, but is still out there risking her life trying to kill vampires and demons and shit. And those are always sort of the characters that I gravitate to more. Yeah, it it definitely sucks about Ray because I also too, you know, like 
her more I I would have loved if she really was a nobody like I feel like you know pushing the Palpatine thing was very unnecessary like did she have to be a Palpatine like was this written just to be like a shock factor like and it's like I, I I possibly get like you know the message that you know they were trying to send across you know like it doesn't matter who you are but at the same time it doesn't matter who you are but that doesn't mean that you have to be someone and just making Ray be a Palpatine just like defeats the whole purpose of this trilogy to me because we truly had this person who we thought was nobody and do all these amazing things and know that anyone can do it but Star Wars is basically telling us that like no you can't and that there you have to be related to someone which is bullshit because it's totally not true you know like someone like like Han Solo or Finn like they're nobodies and they've done so much for the galaxy and i don't know ray should shouldn't be a palpatine and it's just it it's just such a disconnect with the episodes seven and eight because i just feel like those were great movies we had you know a strong plot we know we were excited to see what was going to happen next and then it happened and just It's a weird disconnect. Yeah, overall, it just I'm trying to think really, if there's any yeah. more. Um... Oh, no, you go. Oh, no, I'm just going to complain about the movie some more, so that's fine. Oh. I've done that enough. <laughs> no, it's okay. It feels weird because I forget that it exists sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I see commercials about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. I mean, it was cool to see it and everything. It just, it sucks because, like, you want something you love to be so good, and you want to love it. And then just when you sit down and realize that, though you didn't get what you wanted, what you got was not really good like it it just it feels like the stories of these characters aren't complete for me yeah yeah and i just i'm like this not a movie i'm gonna go back to at the day for me like they they told a bad story badly so there's there's nothing to to save this movie for me like either tell us like you know I I can handle I mean preferably I want a good story told well but I can handle a story I don't like if the storyteller is really good or I can handle a story that's not particularly well told but I really really like what they're trying to say but this time I just didn't like either element and so it's a total wash It's such a waste of a trilogy because it just sucks because, you know, we got to know these characters very well over the past, like, six years and their stories are now over and we're still confused by them. You know, we're still sitting here being like, well, why is this happening? Why did this happen? You know, 
is Finn force sensitive? Like we still have all these questions and I don't feel like we should like, yeah, we probably had a lot of questions, you know, coming out of, you know, return of the Jedi and you know, what's going to happen to Luke Skywalker? What happened to this person? You know, did everyone really forgive Vader? All the, but it just, it seems still very incomplete. Like the book hasn't closed yet for me. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's going to be a big problem for me later on when I go back to The Last Jedi, knowing that this is how it ends. That makes that a much less satisfying movie to watch. Yeah, and especially knowing, you know, what uncertainty all the characters have at the end of The Rise of Sky, or not The Rise of Skywalker, The Last Jedi. So, you know, mentally thinking that episode seven is like the last movie is it's kind of sad because you know supreme leader ren is in charge and you know the resistance all that they have left you know they're worried about where they're going to go what they're going to do how they're going to defeat ren it's truly interesting but um, can you think of any other um, nobodies? I mean, it's such a such a big trope that I'm actually like sort of having trouble thinking about it now. Um, oh, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Um, maybe Neville from Harry Potter. He's a nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, then you still have the, like, he still has, like, a witch bloodline, but. Would you say Ahsoka is a nobody? I mean, as far as we know, right? Like, she doesn't have super powerful Jedi parents or anything. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. Like, it would definitely, you know, suck if, you know, we found out that, you know, Peter Parker had a parent or his his parents had spider powers too and <laughs> it wasn't that he and he got... also got bit by a radioactive spider yeah like maybe like the the radioactive spider was like planted or something or like it made him like it was just a normal spider so like it made him think oh the spider gave me powers but no it was actually his parents i, I don't think know he had spider powers all along and yeah. his parents were also famous spider-based superheroes exactly Exactly. That'd be interesting. But awful. (laughs) But also radioactive spiders, like, why'd they get out? But at the same time, they gave us Spider-Man, so good job, radioactive spiders. (laughs) Okay. Good job, radioactive spiders. It's probably going to be this episode title. (laughs) 
no. All right. Um, thank you, Robbia, for the email. And yeah. Emily, thank you. I know this episode has been probably one of the the hardest for us to record. Yeah, this episode, like I realize, is not actually that long, but for us, it feels really long because we had about half an hour when Zencaster was being shitty and wouldn't let us record anymore. Yeah, but we made it. You know, we we got through it. You know, we'll get through the next one, possibly better. I don't know if it was Zencaster or my internet or Emily's internet or radioactive spiders. You know, now definitely leading towards radioactive spiders. I thought it was a good job, radioactive spiders. I thought radioactive spiders were our friends. They can be. But, the, you know, because it's like there's there's bad humans, there's bad radioactive spiders but uh, I don't know like you never know you have to expect the unexpected Emily but um Brittany where can people find you on the internet uh you can find me on Instagram as Brittany the ginger what about you Emily I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind and you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at CantabitePod you can email us CantabitePod at gmail.com Um, And that's all for this week because it's been a fucking technical disaster. But we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest. Be a Kanto bitch. Brittany the Jinj and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendall Fish number one.